Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. God bless you. We have been talking about God's great design, a supreme authority. And I've spent some time on this topic because I believe that many of us as believers really don't understand the authority that God has given us or that the, the design that he had for our lives. So I'm going to continue that on today. There are times in life where we come to a point of decision, let go of the old mindsets and ways of thinking and embracing new. In other words, we have to move forward. And in order to do that, we need a revolution. Leaving the past behind may be difficult, but adopting the new is powerful. Jesus, before his death, he was the one who taught and performed miracles. But after the resurrection, the way God was going to work in the earth changed. His resurrection opened the door for the power of the message to transform the disciples' lives from the inside. And that positioned them to be the, the channel or the conduit through which Jesus would continue to do signs and wonders as well as to teach. Jesus is recognized as King and Lord. His victory over sin and death elevated him to a place where he had become king over a domain called his kingdom. This was the fulfillment of all that John the Baptist had prepared when he cried out, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Acknowledging him as Lord is the way in which areas of our lives are introduced into the kingdom. Jesus is honored, not as a distant memory, but as a living and powerful reality, a person who can be known, loved, obeyed, and followed. He was a person who continued to act within the real world with a desire to be part of our everyday lives. So an invitation was extended for us to become participants ourselves. Amen. The expectation is that our lives would be wrapped up by the Holy Spirit and we would become active players in this reality. We are to actively participate in the continuing chapters to what Jesus started. Jesus was God's chosen people. Israel, I'm sorry, was God's chosen people living under the Roman Empire. It was a government that made heavy demands, heavy taxes, 
and he kept them under the reign of Caesar. Because Caesar was the one with authority, this gave him the right to rule and exert influence over Israel. So anytime we live in a kingdom, the king of that domain holds authority, which gives them license to influence. There are so many Christians who have parts of their lives living in foreign kingdoms. What we mean by that is people are in kingdoms that are ruled by addiction, depression, and negative self-image. These rulers exercise their authority to have influence over God's children. They steal their health and happiness and leave them with a compromised self-concept. Let me give you an example. There are some things in life that you just can't change. It needs to be reinvented or made new. There's no improving things like depression, addiction, or self-depreciation. It needs to be reinvented or renewed. And sometimes we need a revolution. A revolution is all about death and resurrection. It's about dying to the old and resurrecting something new. So Jesus invites us to step up, step out from the authority and influence of sinful kingdoms and embrace a revolution to be made new by getting established in his kingdom. Because Jesus was victorious over sin and death, he's now king of kings and lord of lords, and all authority has been given unto him. So when we relocate our lives into his, his kingdom, he delegates that authority to us. Delegated authority entitles us to influence. We're talking about the design. Not only does Jesus give us the right to influence, but when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power to support that influence. This is the good news of the kingdom. We are no longer slaves to sin. So consider yourself dead to sin's power, but living for God and the power of Christ Jesus give you. Now, that's from Romans 6, 6. His disciple asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said that God had called him to renew and restore the people of Israel. However, they were still expected a king in a natural sense. They believed that when Israel was restored, they would rule over the rest of the world. After all, this is what had been prophesied. What they hadn't expected was Jesus's crucifixion. When that happened, it put everything in jeopardy for them. But then Jesus arose from the dead. And like everything else, their dream of the kingdom had been transformed through his death and resurrection. Just as Jesus told them, they would have to lose their lives to save them. So now he had to explain that they had to lose their kingdom dreams to gain them. 
Jesus wasn't interested in renewing the Jewish people and forming a restored kingdom of Israel as Israel. He was intent on the disciples experiencing a renewal that would form them as a restored humanity. This was a renewal and a restoration that they would know within themselves. A new reality from which they could live in relationship with God. A kingdom that would become a catalyst for bringing heaven to earth. In John 3, we see the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus for insight. Now, Nicodemus was one of the religious leaders of the community, highly esteemed and very knowledgeable. But he was intrigued by the life of Jesus. He, he saw the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Jesus performed and witnessed the power that came forth from him in his teachings. So in recognizing that power, he wanted to know more about it. Going to Jesus in the night hours, because the other religious leaders would not approve of his interactions with Jesus. So he asked about that power. And Jesus' response to him was, unless one is born again, he cannot see or experience the kingdom of God. Being born again introduces us to kingdom, to the kingdom. Kingdom is the power and authority Jesus walked in, and we have access to as believers. We have access to that same kingdom. The teachings of the church have led many to believe that the kingdom Jesus was referring to was heaven. Heaven and kingdoms are, dis are different. The kingdom is within us. Heaven is not within us. So while you must be born again to live eternally in heaven, what Jesus was saying is that the kingdom is where the power and authority lies. Nicodemus was searching beyond his knowledge and looking for the source of the power that resided in Jesus. Jesus was saying to him that being born again introduces us to kingdom living. If you want to engage in power and miracles, you must be born again. You must be introduced to kingdom. In essence, what Jesus was saying was that, Nicodemus, if you want to walk in the same power that I'm walking in, you need to kick your knowledge and doctrinal thinking to the side and embrace something new called being born again. In other words, Nicodemus, you need a revolution. A revolution consists of a death and birth, a letting go of the old and embracing the new. Many times we hold on to old ways of thinking and believing that preclude us from kingdom living. For example, who told you healing is not for today? Health is part of God's nature. If health is his nature, then sickness and disease are not. Therefore, he doesn't have sickness and disease to put on anyone. 
we must be careful about the things we consume and digest. It's imperative that we, as we spend time in the word and take in teachings, that we invite the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. He is the revealer of truth, the giver of revelation. Over the centuries, the church has become divided in its thinking about biblical truth, which has resulted in denominations, each believing different things. Some do not believe that healing is for today, and some do not believe that praying in tongues is for today. Doctrines and beliefs have developed, which keep the church separated and without a full understanding of what God has provided for us. In other words, old doctrines keep the church and individual believers from experiencing life and power the life of Jesus. When believers are unwilling to allow a revolution to occur in their beliefs, they remain in what they, they've always known rather than moving into a new dimension of kingdom. At some point, we'll be given the opportunity to continue in what we know or to revolutionize our lives and step into what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. When Israel was in the wilderness, they were finally faced with a choice, continue wandering in the wilderness or cross over into the promised land. Continue in what they've all, always known or enter into a new life. That was the choice. Revolution introduces us to God in Christ in us. Revolution calls us to kingdom, a place where we live out of authority and power. Choice is before us. We can keep wandering in the wilderness within certain aspects of our lives, or we can bring them into kingdom living. After all, it's possible to be born again and have the kingdom within us, but not live the kingdom life. Power and life are found in revelation. Revelation brings insight and understanding about God's nature and kingdom living. Nicodemus knew what he wanted his future to look like. He wanted it to look like Jesus. So what do you want your future to look like? It's an important thought because what you embrace defines where you are going. So will you let go of the old to embrace the new? The choice is before you. God bless you. Have a blessed day. 